Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Yo, 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 what's going on, Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your wonderful host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T-Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. And you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. So, one thing before we get to our Packers talk for the day, I just want to give a brief shout out to our um, other two podcasts, so the Bucks Trilogy Podcast and the Brewers Trilogy Podcast. Um, make sure you guys go give them a listen. Um, obviously, the Bucks are in the off season. We're just talking about the new signings and everything that's been going on. And I know this week we're going to be talking about me needing a new jersey uh, based on who we just signed. And the Brewers, obviously, are still in the thick of it in the Central, so there's going to be a lot of fun podcasts and the trade deadline's coming up. So that's exciting news, too. And lastly, our website, wiscosportstrilogy.com. We, I actually posted a new blog post about the Dean Lowry move and the Mike Daniels release. So go, go ahead and read that. And we will talk more about that on this show too. Um, so we'll talk about Mike Daniels and we'll talk about Dean Lowry within that as well. There's a few other roster moves and then we'll get into the exciting stuff because football is finally back. And we'll talk a little bit about what happened the first four practices for training camp. So how are you guys doing today? Well, I'd be doing better if the Brewers are sweeping the Cubs, uh, but <laughs> I read a lot of interesting stuff on training camp, so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it, and I think the Vanilla Gorilla is excited too. Yes, sir. It's been a good weekend, man. I can't complain, so uh, I'm excited for the Packers. Just uh, God, I, I need some football in my life now. Yeah, don't we all? Um so before we get to Mike Daniels, just a brief thing. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, make sure you guys go back and did that. We did kind of a fun game um, talking about who we thought was the most valuable player for the Packers going into the 2019 season. Um, we did not include Aaron Rodgers in this because we figured, you know, look at the last two years and tell me he's not the most valuable Packer. Um, so we went outside of Aaron Rodgers, who we thought was the most valuable Packer, and you'll have to go listen to see who we ended up deciding was the mo- most valuable player for the Green Bay Packers going into the 2019 season. 
So, one of the players that was in that game that we did was Mike Daniels. He is no longer on the team. Um, so, what were your guys' initial thoughts when this whole release came out? Kitty, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> that's a... Sorry, go ahead, That's Tyler. a heck of a reaction. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, I was a little frustrated at first. Um, I was kind of confused because we were literally just talking about him the day before and you know we're all we're all big Mike Daniels fans you know it's hard not to be as a Packer fan and you know we're kind of rooting for him to kind of have a comeback year since I was out most of last year and once I saw I was cut I was like oh my gosh he's gonna go like to the Bears or some team and you know just destroy us well it was kind of right because he's going to the Lions now (laughs) but uh, I mean I guess it's it saves cap space. I understand that eight point three million, and then um, I think most of it just has to deal with what Gudikins wants in terms of a defense alignment. Um, he said he wants to get bigger and he wants versatile players, and apparently Mike Daniels uh, does not fit that bill. I mean, he is the shortest guy on the line, um, despite how you know good of a ball hawk he was. Um, he's kind of limited to one position, so. Unfortunately, um, just with the way that how the Packers want to structure the team, he just didn't fit the bill anymore, and kind of pisses me off. I'm still a little salty, but you know, hopefully, once I see this new line uh, all in motion, and if they live up to the expectations that I have for them, hopefully, I'll quickly forget about this move. <laughs> yeah, it was really shocking. Um, uh, I. Like we were talking about on our last one, we figured, yeah, he's probably going to be walking a year from now, but not getting cut. I mean, I get saving money, but I I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm okay with it. I'm never going to be all for it unless like Dean Lowry or Montrevious Adams or some, someone steps up big and fills that void. Um, but it's tough to see him go. I always loved seeing big guy do some nice sack celebration or some crazy shit. So it's, it's good. I, I think it opens the door for Rashawn Gary a little bit too. Um, we'll talk more about him later, but, um, it just says, I think it speaks a lot to the confidence that they have in the guys behind him, which is good. Yeah, so I am right with you guys. I was I was driving to work when I got the update, and I was just furious. Um, and I really, it took me oh, probably a couple days to calm down from that. And the more I thought about it, the more I understood it. Um, so I kind of talk about this in that blog post I posted um, on our website. So make sure you go check that out. It's a little bit more in depth. But basically, like Tyler said, it does save 8.3 on the cap. And that cap can be used and it can roll over um, to next year as well, from my understanding. And they can use that 8.3 million to, you know, maybe early extend Kenny Clark or David Bakhtiari or Blake Martinez even. Um, 
there's players that they can use that money for to sign long-term deals instead of paying Mike Daniels to likely only be here for the 2019 season. Um, so I think that's what this move implies, that they're planning on extending at least one of those players this year to make sure we get them locked up. Um, my guess would be Kenny Clark because I feel like he, if he has a huge year, he could really increase his asking price. So maybe if you sign him now, you get him for a better deal. But in a vacuum, I think the roster is worse. Specifically, that D-line ro- rotation is worse than it was before the move. Um, Duh. But I do think there's more to it than that. I think that if you look at Mike Patton's scheme and how he wants to play, he wants to have guys that are very versatile. He can throw out there um, in multiple positions and ask them to do multiple different things, and that's just not in Mike Daniels' game. Um, so in the offseason, they go out and get Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, um, those players can all play along the defensive line if they need them to. They can play it at the edge. They can drop into coverage. They can do a bunch of different things for Petten. And I think that was one of the driving factors in this. So, yes, our defense gets worse. Um, on paper, numbers-wise, like if you look at Madden, yes, our defensive rating is going to go down. But overall, I think it makes a lot of sense in what Mike Petten is trying to do. And like Scott said, hopefully that opens the door for – Dean Lowry to get more step snaps, and obviously it will. And Matravius Adams and Tyler Lancaster, who really stepped up big at the end of last year when Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark were out. Um, and lastly, I just think the foot injury is going to be was a big deciding factor in that too. The fact that he for from the 2013 to through the 2016 season, so that's four seasons he played in all 16 games. And then 2017, he played in 14. And then 2018, he played in 10 and only started in 9. So you kind of see that numbers going down. He's on the wrong side of 30 now. He turned 30 in May. So just a lot of factors that kind of ended up in this happening. So do you guys have any other thoughts on Mike Daniels? Um, If you do, make sure to talk about that. Otherwise, kind of talk about your feelings on the Dean Lowry signing. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about Dean Lowry last week and, you know, I, I, obviously they have more inside information than we do. So I think they're expecting a lot from him, and that's going to make me expect a lot from him. So really, I think he's the biggest winner from this. Um, but my only other thoughts is as I was listening to you, uh, speak here, it just kind of made me think, you know, you mentioned him turning over 30, and it's not the first time we've seen the Packers do something like this, thinking back to, like, Josh Sitton when he was cut in training camp. And I'm trying to remember if it was, was T.J. Lang cut or we just not resign him. But either way, he was, you know, after 30, Packers decided to move on type of deal. So, you know, it's not the first time that they have done something like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, all right. You guys brought up good points about uh, his position flexibility and how Gutekunst has been saying he wants guys that are positionless almost, um, guys that can go play a couple different spots. So, I mean, it makes sense when it comes to that. Um, But, yeah, Dean Lowry definitely wins big here. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I think this is a huge, it has to be a huge confident boost for Dean Lowry, knowing that basically they're telling you you're kind of taking over his spot. And like Tyler said, there has to be some, the Packers have to be high on someone farther down in the depth chart, whether that's Adams, whether that's Kiki, whether that's Tyler Lancaster, someone they're really seeing a lot a lot out of because I don't think they make this move if they're not seeing that impressiveness uh, kind of behind Mike Daniels. So just one more thing. Uh, Tyler said Daniels is going to the Lions. He signed for 9.1 mil um, just for this one year. So we'll kind of... Sounds like a prove-it deal. I mean, it's a pretty hefty prove-it deal. A lot of money they're paying, but we'll see. Um, I do think it's kind of interesting that they're willing to pay that much and not just trade for him because that was a very similar contract to what the Packers were paying for him. Um, And I don't know how this is, but I saw on Twitter that someone said they actually ended up paying more for Mike Daniels with whatever they had to do in signing him off the street than if they would have just traded, say, a sixth or seventh round pick or something for him. So that's um, some interesting stuff and kind of confuses me why the Packers didn't get anything for Mike Daniels because you'd think they would be able to do that if... Because it's Detroit. Well, yeah, that could definitely be. Um so just quick, some other roster moves. Uh, the Packers brought in Corey Grant. He was a running back. He played for the Jags uh, before, so he knows our offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and it sounds like Hackett did kind of recruit him and help in that recruiting process to get him to Green Bay. Um one thing that's exciting about him, and I know we have three exciting backs with the rookie, um, and then Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones but this guy at his pro day I don't think he was invited to the combine when he came out um, but his pro day 4.30 40 time and some of them were timed slower faster than that the fastest I saw him timed was like 4.26 I think so just insanely fast um, from the running back position and that made me think if he has some returnability, I think that kind of puts Trevor Davis on the hot spot with that kind of speed. You know he's explosive in that on special teams. So that's something that is really exciting. Um, another roster move that was made was the D lineman from the Badgers, the former Badger, Olive Sangapolu, uh, was brought into the Packers. Um, if you haven't seen, he's able to do a standing backflip on a beach in sand, so that's pretty cool. Not that that proves he's good at football, but very another very athletic guy. Um, he's what, like 340? Yeah, he, he is. He can a, do a backflip in the sand. He is a giant human being. Um, Crazy. And that kind of just reiterates the fact of they wanted to get bigger, and he is definitely not a small human, so... The some smaller roster moves, kind of end of the ninety man roster type roster moves. I think the Packers did bring in another running back, um, just recently, 
and now I can't find his name, but I will let you know when I find it. Um, but another running back was brought in as well. So kind of moving ahead, do you guys have anything on those two players or no? Well, I think the Corey Grant piece is interesting just because he has a history with Hackett. Um, I can't foresee the Packers keeping four running backs, you know, once that time comes in the regular season, uh, unless I think if they decide to cut ways of Trevor Davis and Grant wants to return kicks, I don't know if he has any experience doing that, but that could be one spot for him to get on, I suppose. But I like the pickup of the former Badger too. Um, it's just, you know, usually whenever that happens, you know, Wisconsin talent joins the Packers, it usually never works out, unfortunately. <laughs> but who knows? Hopefully it proves us wrong with that one. Yeah, uh, I don't really see either of them making the final cut. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's interesting with Corey Grant um, that Hackett wanted him to come here. Um, and he is super quick. So, I mean, they're, they're interesting players that could have a shot, but I just don't see it really happening. All right. So that's something to keep an eye on, names to watch. I think probably Corey Grant more so than Sangapolu, but mm-hmm. you never know with, I mean, with losing Mike Daniels, maybe they need an extra guy in that line. Um, but the other running back that I couldn't think of before. His name is Darren Hall. Uh, we claimed him off waivers from the Bengals. Um, so just another guy in that running back room. Um, they're really going to have to show themselves because you have the, you have Aaron Jones, you have Jamal Williams, you have Dexter Williams, who all are probably going to be on this roster. Um, and then there's more and more stuff coming out that, the Packers are going to keep a fullback, specifically Danny Vitale. And I told you guys, first off, a couple weeks ago that that was going to happen. Um, But from everything I'm seeing at training camp is everyone is just seeing how much they're using that position and how much they're using Vitale specifically in that position. And not only to pass protect, but in the pass game um, and different things like that. So that's Super exciting um, to see kind of getting that position back um, and seeing Matt LaFleur be able to use it competently, which we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, But let's kind of get to training camp and what you guys have seen, whether it's on Twitter or different um, media outlets, Where what has been kind of grabbing your guys' attention um, throughout training camp so far? Well, I know I know you're going to bring him up. I know you're going to bring Rashawn Gary up because everyone's hyped about him. So I'll do it first. Beat you to the punch. <laughs> um, so I did see uh, a lot of the tweets I saw were from Ryan Wood, who was present at training camp. And uh, one of them was quoted, In 11-on-11, Rashawn Gary just came free on inside stunt. And I kid you not, I haven't seen a guy that big and that run that fast since Julius Peppers shot from a cannon. Would have been an easy sack, my goodness. But then his following tweet says, important caveat, Gary wasn't blocked. <laughs> um, so that's always important to remember. Um, but, you know, it, other tweets of I saw, it sounds like he's winning a lot of like those one-on-one battles. And, you know, that's important, I think, for him to 
prove now. I mean, because in college he was getting, what, triple teamed almost every play. So one-on-one, I guess, is like nothing to him. Um, But the other interesting part I saw about Gary um, was they're trying to use a three outside linebacker front in the nickel, and apparently they went to this package a lot. So obviously the three outside linebackers were the Smiths and Gary. So that's super athletic and could be a package to look forward to seeing once we get rolling into some games so of course you bring up the one tweet that says he was unblocked on the play you knew i would find it (laughs) (laughs) and that was actually i saw like four tweets in a row and that was one of them that i had to put this on here and i was hoping you wouldn't quote that one but Either way, his athleticism is a gift, and hopefully he's able to get through. But a lot of things I saw from that tweet, though, is Mike Patton's good at scheming guys open on blitzes. So if you're going to scheme someone open and you scheme Rashawn Gary open, quarterbacks are going to have a have a rough time of it. And kind of the other thing that I really liked on – you know, third and longs, third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, somewhere in that range. I saw a lot of um, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark as your two traditional linemen, and then they kicked Zadarius Smith inside. Then they had Rashawn Gary on the outside and Preston Smith on the other outside, which that just sounds like a terror to block. That sounds awful for opposing offensive linemen, um, and that was a lineup that I got super excited about. Um, for not only Rashawn Gary having those good players around him, but just that whole defense, I think it makes everyone better and good luck blocking all of those guys. Scott, what was your kind of number one thing that you saw from training camp so far? Well, obviously I have a number one, but I'll let you guys talk about it. Um, (laughs) One big thing that I've seen is uh, Billy Turner. Um, I've seen a lot of good things about him. I, um, uh, they said that he's been flexible, able to go, as we knew, pretty much any position on the line. Um, he said he's just been like flattening dudes uh, during drills. Um, there was one particular tweet that stood out to me, if I can find it. Uh, yeah, so they're doing drills, and he put, quote, a walloping trap block on Preston Smith, which opened up a big hole for Aaron Jones. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for him. We we were debating if he's going to be a starter or if he's going to be um, like our Swiss Army knife guy off the sideline to come in. Um, but he's he's definitely uh, proven Gudekunst. Uh, um, to be smart with that contract. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing I wanted to do was kind of look at people that were at training camp because we unfortunately were not able to be there uh, this weekend um, and just kind of see who a lot of their players or standouts that they saw. Um, there's a lot of lower end um, 90 guys out there so I'm going to name kind of the bigger names that everyone should know um, so the first one is going to be from that Thursday practice the first practice 
Um, Rashawn Gary, Kingsley Kiki, Jamal Williams, Manny Wilkins, Blake Martinez, and Kyler Factorel um, were all Andy Herman's standout players in that first practice. Um, so kind of listen and see if you hear any that are repeats, um, and that's really telling you who is having a good camp so far. So day two, Fidal Brown, Tim Boyle, Kenny Clark, Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, EQ, Billy Turner, and Jay Sternberger. So a lot more kind of bigger names on that one. And that kind of makes good sense with just kind of getting everyone clicking and started out on day two. Going into day three, a little bit smaller list. Deshaun Kaiser, Trevor Davis, David Bakhtiari, Jamon Moore, Kenny Clark, Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton, and Gmo. And then lastly, today's list, Trevor Davis, Aaron Rodgers, Dexter Williams, Bakhtiari, Adams, Kenny Clark, Jake Kumaro, Kevin King, Cole Madison, and Kyler Fackrell. So there was some repeats in there. Um, and pretty much everyone that we've talked about, I didn't see Billy Turner on that list, but I know there's been a lot of people talking about Billy he Turner. He was on day two. Oh, was he? Um, but I just think there's a lot of players that are, and specifically new players that you're seeing a lot of their names on there. And then also seeing Kevin King and Jair Alexander and kind of those players is exciting. Um, obviously everyone knows how excited I am about Oren Burks and he was on one of those days as well. Um, so just seeing steps from different players on different days is really important. The one thing that was kind of disappointing that I didn't see on any of those lists and I haven't seen many people talk about is Preston Smith. Um, and I was listening to someone talk about training camp um, and they said it's not that he's not noticeable, it's just he's not making any big splash plays either positively or negatively. So he's just kind of there so far, maybe hasn't found his groove yet, but hopefully we start to see more as the pads come on and they start getting into some true hitting um, that we see more and more from him. So do you guys have other players that you want to talk about um, that kind of stood out to you? Uh, yeah, I think for me, I saw a lot on Devonte Adams and not just like, you know, making plays in training camp because obviously he's doing that too. Um, Ryan Wood said Devonte Adams just caught a fade over or fade from Aaron Rodgers over Holman's helmet. To be fair, that's not fair, which <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Tough task for that rookie. Um, but then Andy Herman also tweeted out, said, Devonta Adams demonstrating and putting on a short clinic for the younger receivers on how to run routes. It's apparent that he has an increased leadership role this year, um, which is good because that's what we need him to be if these young receivers are going to develop and become lethal weapons for Aaron Rodgers. You know, it starts with your number one guy and, you know, getting everyone on the same page and learning from one another. And I'm glad to see Adams stepping into that leadership role and, Hopefully we end up, you know, with a logjam of wide receivers at, you know, once the season starts because, you know, it kind of seems this way right now. Like we're like, you know, who should be out there really? And 
I think that's a testament to what Devonta Adams is doing working with them wise. Yeah, and in those day-by-day tweets, I mean, it sounded like every single one of the guys fighting for a receiver position had at least one good day. Um, I think I heard Trevor Davis' name a few times, um, which, I mean, dude's always had some potential, so it's it's good to see him uh, finally clicking. Uh, but... Yeah, that's going to be a tough fight there, man. There's, we got a lot of solid players there. Um, it'll be exciting to see who can earn those spots. Yeah, it sure will. Um, you know, one of those receivers on that list was Jake Kumaro. Um So, Scott, why don't you tell us what Matt LaFleur said about Jake Kumaro and how excited he is about him. Uh, Tyler, you don't want to do this? I can do it. I got the tweet pulled up for you. <laughs> I'll let you do it. Thanks. Just so I can hear it from someone else's mouth. <laughs> All right. From Matt LaFleur directly. Jake is a consistent guy who is extremely reliable and you can trust he'll be where he's supposed to be and the timing of the play. So, I mean, that's what Aaron Rodgers preaches is being where you're supposed to be. And you know, the fact that Matt LaFleur is realizing it too as a guy calling plays, um, I'm maybe slightly reconsidering my bet, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Straight. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> I will say that Matt is not the first person to say that about Kumaro. Well, you saying a hundred times a day doesn't count. (laughs) Uh, I got it from Aaron Rodgers, actually. I started copying him. (laughs) All right, so let's do a little bit more on receivers. Um, So I've been seeing some good stuff from Jamon Moore. It sounds like he's kind of figuring it out um so multiple people that i've been kind of following slash listening to on twitter and different things um have told me he is very explosive when he gets the ball in their hands and they as soon as you get he gets the ball in his hands um you just kind of remember why he was the first drafted of those receivers because he is very explosive he's a very good athlete um but after having a really explosive play, he might have a small mental lapse, whether that be um, maybe lining up in the wrong spot or running slightly wrong routes. But overall, they've seen ton of improvement from year one for him. So that is big, and hopefully he can iron out those kind of small issues that he's been having um, and learning your second system in two years that can't be the easiest thing and hopefully he figures that out um like tyler said kumro everyone's been talking about him and he's continuing to have another good um training camp and hopefully he can continue that but one player that i didn't really expect to have a good training camp is trevor davis and every day i'm seeing stuff on trevor davis of how good he's competing he's always the first one out on the field you know practicing catching punts practicing routes doing different things like that just trying to better himself just kind of getting at the grind and trying to do what he can to be better um 
one thing I do want to say about Trevor Davis is the past couple years we before pads came on he was always the one that was kind of the standout early in camp um, now pads were full pads were on today and don't quote me on this but oh yep so Andy Herman had him as one of his practice standouts today and there were full pads on so that's good news um, but let's make sure he kind of continues that progression in having pads on because that physicality kind of makes him fall off a little bit compared to other receivers. So hopefully he can continue kind of trending upward. One other position I want to talk about was tight end because today I saw something that said as of right now, based on reps and where he's running, they are looking at Robert Tanyan as tight end two. So behind Jimmy Graham, um, doesn't sound like Jimmy Graham has done a ton in training camp so far. He's just kind of been that solid veteran tight end, not really anything spectacular from what I heard, not really dropping any passes, but not really being that explosive guy he once was, which that doesn't really surprise me or really shouldn't surprise anyone um, after watching last year. But it is really exciting to see that Robert Tanyan is figuring it out and he is really kind of exploding on the scene so much so that they're having him take tight end two reps consistently um, within the first few days of training camp. So do you guys have anything else on the receivers and or the tight ends? And then if you don't, any other positions or players that you've kind of been watching throughout training camp so far? Uh, I'm glad you brought up Robert Tanyan. I hadn't seen that on him, so that's good to know. The only other last thing I have about wide receivers is that I found interesting was Andy Herman. Again, that same guy we've been referencing a lot. Um, kind of did like a tier layer of all the wide receivers. And he put Trevor Davis in the same tier with Kumaro and EQ, which is, he described as our third tier. Which, you know, I thought's kind of interesting because when's the last time we saw Trevor Davis catch a pass in an actual game? So, you know, the fact everybody's talking about him seeing him and he's bringing energy um you know hopefully he can contribute in more than just special teams this year would be my sense so but yeah like trevor said just keep watching and how he does because i'm kind of excited about it now because earlier this winter i thought we should cut him because he doesn't do much but it's kind of changing my mind a little bit yeah i mean we thought that that competition was already intense and now that Trevor's doing a lot better. It makes it even even crazier, so that'll be wild to see. Um, one thing I've been trying to keep an eye on is the cornerback situation. Um, I know that today, um, didn't Kadar Holman get uh, first team snaps with uh, Kevin King out? Yeah, so I saw a lot of tweets about Kadar Holman today and that he was consistently in good coverage. And one of the plays, I think he was covering Devontae Adams, which is no easy task. Um, and Rodgers just threw a 50-50 ball up, and of course Devontae made the play. But it did state that Kadar Holman was in great coverage, great position, yeah. just better offense. And for the most part, it sounds like that's what's happening. Um, 
and yes, that is the play. Um, Kenny Clark would likely would have had a sack on Rodgers, but Rodgers throws that 50-50 ball. Um, and Andy Herman says he was absolutely blanketed by Kadar Holman, but it doesn't matter when it's Devontae Adams. Um, but yes, that is super exciting to see. Um, there was multiple uh, plays. Another one from Andy Herman again. He says, sick, sick catch by Jake Kumaro down the field from Aaron Rodgers. Perfect coverage by Kadar Holman. Just a great play from Jake Kumaro. So, I mean, if you want to get excited. A great player. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, if you want to get excited, there's some excitement in the wide receiver there with Jake Kumaro and then also Kadar Holman. Multiple plays where he has great to perfect coverage um, as being described here and you can't ask for much more than that, especially from a sixth-round pick who, you know, I wasn't 100% sure was going to make the 53, and the way he's playing so far, um, it, it gets me kind of excited that he's playing that well, and he could be our fourth, fifth, sixth cornerback, um, and you need depth at that position, so that's really exciting to see. Yeah, after thinking that he was probably just going to be a special teams player after being drafted deep in the draft Mm -hmm. yeah so I think unless you guys have anything else I think that's going to be it I know we probably missed some things um, but there's just so much (laughs) so much going on right now um, with the Packers so many people we missed Um, but yeah I think that will be it there will be more training camp um, and therefore there's going to be a lot more training camp talk next week and see kind of if these players continue playing well Um, if other players step up we'll kind of see as training camp rolls along Um, but again make sure you guys are listening to our other podcast the Bucks Trilogy Podcast and the Brewers Trilogy Podcast Um, make sure you check out our website the Wisco Sports Trilogy dot com. Um, and then follow us on Twitter where we post all of our content um, at trilogy underscore pod. And also on Facebook, uh, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast, you can find all of our content there as well. So we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Go pack go. Jake Kumaro, President 2020. <laughs>